When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, grappling fans? Who's the first one that puts you in the game mentally in the game? The first one that puts you in the game mentally in the game. Hey, what's up, Grappling fans? Welcome back to another week of Who's Number One, and we've finally done it. We've reached episode 50. Uh, Michael, I don't think we envisioned us getting this far when we launched the show back in November, doing it once a week, but we've clawed our way to the big 5-0, and who, who yeah, not joining even, us today? Not even always once a week, because we were just, That's a lot true. of times we were traveling, so now we're doing, I mean, we're about to do 50 in a 10-week span. <laughs> uh, besides that, yeah, it looks like we got some light at the end of the tunnel. They're opening back up Texas, hopefully have some uh, super fight event. Uh, Stuff coming in the next couple of months. We'll be teasing more info about that shortly, hopefully. But, but uh, you know, obviously stuff's not going to be out of crowds for a little while. But our guest today, legend 2019 ADCC champion, Augusto Mendez, better known as Tanquino. Tanquino, how you doing, man? I'm good, I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. It's a big pleasure to be here. Where are you at? You out in Arizona right now? Uh, yeah, I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. I live here the last 11 years. So we, uh, we've been starting off the show with a normal format of just seeing how you've been dealing with the quarantine. I know everyone's life's kind of upside down, but how has this period been for you? What's your life been like? It's been, it's been different for sure. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm used to having like a busy routine, going to the academy, seven in the morning, stay there all day, teach a lot of class, training. And I've been forced to be home all that time, like doing some, uh, Videos here for my students, online content for them, and um, stay home most of the time with my wife and my newborn son, which was good to to have that time to have him here, to to see like how he's like growing, but a little bit different what I've been doing. I mean the routine and just like doing some workouts on the garage, and, like lift some weights, find some dumb old dumbbells. Different for sure. <laughs> so uh, you got a, uh, a newborn son, four months old. If your brother's Tank and yeah. you're Tankino, where do we go from there? What's his What's his nickname going to be? <laughs> uh, Is there mini Tank, sp- maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Let's see first if he likes to compete. It's a training. <laughs> you know, I'm not forced for sure. I will let him do whatever he wants. Uh, as long as he he's happy, and I will be there to support him. If he likes and if he has talent, I would definitely maybe give the nickname of a mini tank. Mini tank. <laughs> <Let's see. laughs> Looking forward to seeing mini tank. Uh, so you're, you're you're from Rio, right? Yeah, original from Rio. Yeah. Where you where are you from? Yeah. Where are you from in Rio? What neighborhood? Tijuca. Oh, okay. You know Tijuca? Yeah, You've been, I've been to Tijuca many times. I used to live in Rio, but uh, yeah. Oh. So that was a that was a juicy oh, you know, spot. The world was there. 
I exactly. I was living on the street, like the, that street that goes to the gymnasium of the Tijuca Tennis Club. Okay. I mean that street there. that you just. So exactly there. I just use it to walk to the wards normally, like two minutes walk. <laughs> wow, incredible! So, uh, how did you start training back in the day? Yeah, I started training because my brother, you know, he started training first uh, in Tijuca there. Um, we have Academy Kyoto. And then he, he he decided to go by himself and start training. And he was 15 and I was 13. But I didn't want to train. I was trying to be a soccer player. You know, in Brazil, soccer is the sport number one. Everybody loves soccer. Being from Tijuca, are you a Flamenguista? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. What's the uh it's escaping right now. The name of their uh legendary stadium. I've been there twice. What's the name name of the stadium? Maracanã. Maracanã. I've been there for two Maracanã. games. Maracanã. So yeah. So you, just oh, two. Yeah, just two. How many do you expect me to go to? How many, how many <laughs> you been to? Uh Oh, lost shit. Oh, sorry. So how how much older is your brother? How much older is Tank than you? He's just 2 years old. So he started jiu-jitsu first old. at Kyoto, and you you wanted to play soccer. How did you end up going in there and doing exactly. jiu-jitsu? After one year, he was just like, hey, let's go to the academy. Let's train. Try this. You're going to love it. And I was always, no, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. And after one year, I said, okay, I'll go there with you. And then I did one class, and never stopped it. That's yeah. how I started you ever bring home some jiu-jitsu and test it out on you, try and uh, encourage you through some brotherly torture, you know? <laughs> Takes exactly. That's what I didn't want because he was coming home and showed me, oh, do this, do that. I said, man, that's too hard. I would never <laughs> be good at that. <laughs> and then uh, I just I never stopped, you know? Like, of course, he was there on the class, helped me out, encouraging me to, to keep trying, keep training. You know what I mean? I think he was really important. And, and the group of uh, friends that we had back at the time there on the class, the environment of the academy was really important to, to myself stay there and to feel safe and want to come back the next day. Because in the beginning, nobody's good. It took me a while to, to understand Jiu-Jitsu. I was just losing, losing, losing the training. But every day I want to come back there just because of the environment and, and how friendly people were with me. You know? And so, of course, uh, my brother was there. You have a, uh, it had an interesting name, Kyoto. Is that like a judo school too or something to have a Japanese name like that? What was the deal with that? Yeah, the, the name is from original because the, the, there is one city in Japan called Kyoto. Yeah, beautiful place. And the uh, name, name Kyoto. And, um, and the master there is Master Francisco Monsur. He's a red belt. He was one of the seven or eight guys outside the Grace family who got black belt on the Ilio Grace. So he's a, he's a big deal there, you know what I mean? And, and he's a black belt in judo and jiu-jitsu. And he always put us to train the standing and all that stuff. But and he created the academy, you know? He created Kyoto, uh, I think, because of that, because the, the story uh, on the Japanese name and everything like that. And, and they still there. They still they're kind of still there. I think right now it's like over maybe 60, 60 years. That's amazing. Like, I didn't a, long, know. a long time. Yeah. For, Wait, was there it, a, is, um, it is. It is. Was there a big focus on competition at at the gym at that time, or how how did you start competing? No, the the academy never was like focused on the on the competition. We had like a 
a group of people who who likes to compete like i said the the group on my on my class they they start training we have like probably like 10 guys and girls who like likes to compete you know everybody in the same age 13 14 15 and then the training was always harder and then when i started i started just to, to having fun with that and uh and just listen everybody talking about the experience and going to the tournament i went to my brother once when he competing i went there just to watch and, and i liked the the whole environment there and then i said well i'm gonna try and then i did my first tournament like i think three or four months after I started training, but I like I tapped in one minute. <laughs> <laughs> but but I never that never stopped me, you know. Like I was a lot of people like after have a bad experience competing, they decide, oh, I'm not doing that anymore, you know. And for me it was the opposite. I got back to the academy even hungry and I said, man, like I need to train more. You know, it's, that's no joke. And and since then I never stopped. Like win or lose, I was just, I was competing, competing, getting experience and getting better and improving all aspects that I need. And here I am. How do you guys get the nicknames? Who gave you guys the nicknames of Tank and Tankinho? I was uh, our instructor, Alvaro. Uh, my brother got the nickname first, Tank, because uh, he was like like a tank on top of people when he was training, like super strong, good base. And just smashing people when he was on top, and I was instructed to give the nickname of Tank for him. And then when I started training, one year later, I was the Tank brother. They said, "Oh, that's Tankinho. That means little tanking in, in Portuguese." So oh, the, the Tank's brother. Okay, Tankinho, and I got the nickname. <laughs> so uh, you said competition was, wasn't a big focus at at your academy, but obviously it's something you love yeah. to do. Who were you watching at the time? Like, uh, as a, as a, I, I don't know if you were a white belt or a blue belt competing. You know, what guys stood out to you that were black belts at the time? Who really uh, gave you inspiration? Yeah, that's a good question because uh, I started competing in 1997. So that was uh, as a yellow belt. I was yellow belt in 97, 98. And then the world just started in 96. And then. I remember passing to the wards in the first year in the wards, but I, I was not even training because the wards was like June or July, and they started training in October. But like I said, the the the, the wards was on the on the Chijuca Tennis Club where I lived, you know, the, like walk distance. And then, but nine seven, I started training and I went to the wards again, and then we didn't have any internet, nothing like that to 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 see about any any fighter. But I remember watching competing there like Hoyler Grace and, and Leo Vieira, who's going to talk to you guys tomorrow. So those guys were like a huge ex- inspiration for me. I think because they were kind of like featherweight and lightweight, and it was um, my weight pretty much, the way that I was keep, uh, going to compete later. And then I was remember watching them and be fascinated, you know, like, man, how the guys like moving so fast and have that, Thoughts, you know what I mean, super fast that, uh, you know what I mean, I, I couldn't even like understand what they were doing, you know. <laughs> and and then back in the older years, was the same thing, like 98, 99. So like in my first three years going to the tournament, those guys were like winning everything and 
in being like a, a big names. So I, I was way more focused on on them, like to as a like a idols, let's say like that, than any other one. You know what I mean? That that leads well into our question that Lovato had for you, talking about competing at at Tijuca. Kyle, if you want to queue up this uh, Lovato video. Something we got to do uh, from you, just like we had the Wally question. We we got to uh, get a question from you for Tankino tomorrow. Tankino, or not tomorrow, Monday. Tankino is going to be our guest Monday. So, uh, some 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 inside throwback knowledge. Believe it or not, Tankino and I have competed against each other. Awesome. As juvenile blue belts in two thousand in the worlds in the absolute. Wow. Tanquinho was my first match, and he was already a little tank, man. Let me tell you, I was a big kid. Like, I was way bigger than him. And he was a tough freaking match, man. He was scrambling, and I'm like, God, just stop moving. Just stop. And uh, and he was already, like, big legs, strong. Uh, I mean, I managed to win on points. And, and I, in fact, later that, later that in that same division, I, I also went against uh, Vinny Magalais, Vinny Paisan. And and he, uh, Ricardo Deminch, uh, we all competed against each other back then as kids. Um, yeah, yeah, it was stacked, stacked. Um, but uh, so I want to I want to see it. Tanquino, do you remember that match? Do you remember me as a goofy big gringo kid? Um, you know, I have it on video. I can release that as one of my before they were kings. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I want to see if Tanquino actually remembers that that match. And, uh, and of course, just, just send him my love. He's a great guy. And, uh, you know, I, we've been coming up together since kids. You remember that match? Yeah, I remember for sure. Like, uh, that's curious because I saw that video of that fight again all the day, like probably like, I don't know, maybe 20 days ago, I, I just rewatched that fight. You no, know? uh, I think you guys posted I think oh. it's on the flow grab. The, the match is on the flow grab. Maybe it's Ricardo. It wasn't us, though. It's not on our Some, channel. Somebody oh, posted oh, no. you versus Lovato. Is I think it was you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I wow. think it's on the flow grab. I think I, oh. I think you guys posted that like a. It is because I. I we'll have to go I check this out. I, we'll have to go find out. <laughs> I put I put I put my name there like on on, on flow grab to just to watch some of my videos there and that show up for me like a while ago and then I said well, I'm to watch again. <laughs> and then, and then remember, like I, I, of course, I remember before, but, but when I rewatched that, I was like, oh my god, I thought I did better, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like Lovato was like, a, was, I didn't know him before. Uh, the only thing that I knew that he was American, you know, he was not Brazilian. And uh, and uh, I decided to do the the open that because uh, I won my division. So I said, oh, I'm already the champion. So like. I don't care to go there for the open and see what's happened. Just just to test myself, you know. So I did my homework on my division. Now it's just to have fun. And my first fight was against Lovato. Like I said, I didn't know him. I just looked at him. I said, he's, he's American. You know, I don't know what he's doing here. He might not be good. You know what I mean? Things that we were thinking before. But like, soon I grabbed him. I said, oh my gosh, no, that, that's going to be tough. I know. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he beat me like I think it was by advantage. It was not points, if I'm not wrong. But like few advantage, like two, three, or four advantage. I don't remember exactly. But I was trying to to stand to him. He almost took me down. I pulled him guard. He make me like turtle a few times. I couldn't like adjust myself. And and 
if I'm not wrong, he got silver on the open. Oh, wow. If I'm not wrong, like, because after that, I was so mad that I lost. I said, man, I can't believe I lost, you know. I couldn't do nothing with that guy. So I, I stayed there on the, on the gymnasium, just watching how he was going to do on the, on the open. He was beating, like, everyone. I said, oh, my gosh, he's good. He's going to win. I, in the end, I was kind of, like, cheering for him, you know. I said, man, like, go, go there, win. <laughs> I was not feeling too bad. But he got second. So you said it was you like want... great, you know. Yeah, that's incredible. The two two legends fought each other at Juvenile Blue Belt back in the day. He, uh, you said you won worlds at, at Blue Belt right there. What? How how did you do at the color belts? How did you do at Blue and Purple and Brown Belt as a competitor? I won as Blue Juvenile, right? Uh, and then I got promoted to Purple, and then I won the awards as a Purple as well on my second year. Lost my first year, my second year I won. Uh, and I got second as a brown belt. I lost in the final to Honey Yaya, who's in the oh, UFC wow. right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's won UFC before. Yeah, so I lost to him by three two in the final. And uh, and after that, I got a black belt, and and the brown belt, the only belt that I didn't win the awards. You know, that made me look kind of sad because I couldn't complete everything, but I lost in the final. Yeah, I mean that's. Better than most people's uh, color belts. I mean, we had Lovato was on here the other day, and he said when he won Black Belt Worlds, it was the first first major tournament he had won since Blue Belt. Yeah, right? I couldn't believe that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, uh, me too. <laughs> uh, so, oh, my God, I didn't know. Yeah. What is it that you think uh, got you hooked on competition as a kid coming up? What What is it that you loved about competition that made you keep coming back? And obviously, I mean, you had to have been obsessed with it to be able to win Worlds in almost every belt. Took second at Brown was the only stumbling point. What uh? What was it that you yeah. love about co- competing? Yeah, I think since the beginning, I never had that pressure like to win. So I never care about um, if I lose. I just want to test myself. So that was the mindset that I had since the beginning. You know, I was just I liked competing. So before the color belt, especially like blue and purple, we had a lot of tournaments in Brazil back in the time, and I was competing almost every weekend. You know, like I was going there, sign up. Finding everyone, especially in the Rio, that uh, where I was living, and then um, I just having fun. And then I, I I realized that like I love that feeling. You know? I love I love to be there, stepping the mats, depending just on you, and and see how I was improving from one tournament to another. And I won a lot, but I lost a lot too. And I'm not ashamed to to say that because that made me the the athlete that I that I am right now, you know, I, I was able to, to go back to the academy and, and fix all the things that I need to fix pretty much every weekend, you know. But I, I love that feeling. I love to, to compete. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I had that click. I don't remember to nothing specific uh, happening on, on my daily routine on the academy, but uh, I never had pressure. To win or to lose or or nothing, I was just having fun and and testing myself. By the uh, the time you got your purple belt and you were obviously competing mm-hmm. quite a bit, were you training full time? Did you know jujitsu and eventually MMA was going to be your career, or was it something you just really passionate about and uh, were going after because you loved it? No, I was just passionate about. It was not. Of course, I wanted to keep doing, but I didn't know how how the thing is going to be there if he. 
back at the time, we didn't have money on the sport or nothing like that. I was just for the doing for the passion. Um, I I was kind of dividing my time in, in uh, doing college. As a purple belt, I, I got I went to college in Brazil. I graduated college later in physical education, but I would kind of like spend most of my time in college, like seven in the morning till like one two in the afternoon, and then back to the academy. And then start teaching as a young age. I start teaching, helping the main instructor, but start to learning how to conduce the class, how to, to teach the kids and the adults. And then my only time that I was training was like late at night, like eight. Started training eight, finished like nine thirty ten, back home and start a new day. But never like my for me, my future was like I'm gonna uh, graduate. I'm gonna be teaching like physical education in in Brazil, like going to schools, going to to academies, you know I mean? doing workouts, all that stuff. But of course, I was just competing because I was passionate about that. But like when I saw like I was already like two inside jiu-jitsu and I saw opportunity to, to make a career then and and, and make money and and kind of put it both together, you know? So something I wanted to talk with you about, uh, me and you worked together on this article, the the Tanquino, my mm-hmm. five greatest victories. And it's really, there's some incredible stories here. I, I'd love to go back and talk about it a little bit. So if you guys yeah. haven't read it, it's called Tanquino, my five greatest victories. It's on flowgrappling.com. And you, you've beat some legends. You actually left out some really big wins here that I thought you were going to include. I'll just I'll just list them and then you can talk about it because the first one I think is incredible, mm-hmm. the Abu Dhabi World Pro 2011. Your match with Hafa Mendes, but talk about the whole lead up to it because it's a really interesting story. the The entire lead up to the match and how everything went down. Yeah, like um, I think that was kind of the biggest match that happened in my life, and and that put me kind of for the for everybody to see me, um, but. A lot of people don't know the behind the scenes, what's happened there, the whole story. And um, everything started when I won the, the trials back in the time. I won the trials on the 74 kilos. Uh, that, that's probably around uh, 165, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wrong. Yeah. And then uh, I was going to compete on the World Pro in that division. So I was already like uh, moving up division, so I already put it to the side the featherweight, and I assumed that I was I'm going to be lightweight. So I won the trials. I went there, and then I remember going on the on the flight to to Abu Dhabi. I started to feel something on my throat, and I didn't know exactly what it was, but it was exactly I was in the airport, and my throat started to scratch a little bit, and uh. I ended up going to the doctor in the airport just to to him take a look and see what's happened. And he said, oh, that's nothing. You'll be fine to, to travel. So I got in Abu Dhabi and uh, I share a text with the uh, a cabinet with the Hafa and Glavin Mendes. They were on the same uh, fly of me. And three of us got in Abu Dhabi. We shared the text, went to the hotel. We were like joking around and all that stuff. 
But as soon as I got in the hotel there, I started to feel a little bit sick. I couldn't eat. My I got my my throat really inflamed, and I started to have fever, all that stuff. And I was just in my room the whole time. And then I started to be worried about because I was going to do like a big event. And that World Pro was the first year that they have uh, two weekends. The first weekend was the no gi, and the second week weekend was the gi. Wow, long time in Abu Dhabi. So on the fir- on the- exactly, we were, all the athletes were there for like two weeks, pretty much. Wow. And all all the big names were there, all the big names. Because uh, back at the time, you could do the trials anywhere that you want. And they were paying for everything. Like I won my trials in Portugal. So I went to Portugal, did the trials there. I won the trials, and and they nice. pay my 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 ticket from Brazil, and and all the fighters did that. So the division was stacked with all the big names, everybody, all like all divisions. It was literally like a, a wars, you know. And uh, but like I said, the first weekend was no gi, and the second week weekend. Oh my gosh, again, sorry. And the second weekend was a uh, was a uh, no uh, gi. The first weekend it was no gi. Yeah. And uh, and but I was really sick. Um, I ended up going to the hospital in Abu Dhabi. The doctor told me that my 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 throat was like really inflamed. He gave me some antibiotics to take it and to rest. And I was, I was losing a lot of weight because I couldn't eat well. I was pretty much just lying down in my room for one week, you know. But like I'm crazy and I decided to do the no gear fight. Oh Sorry guys. <laughs> I decided to do the no gear tournament. Uh and I ended up losing the first round to Davi Ramos. He beat my one advantage. Uh and then I was like, oh my gosh, I because I fought with seventy four kilos, you know. But I was around like seventy four, and and I was like super sick. But uh, I just took a rest for two more days, and I think the antibiotics started to kick in and it started to feel better. And then when it was like one day for the weigh-ins, I was like around like same weight, seventy three, seventy four, and I said, man, how am I gonna compete with those guys? Everybody's like eighty kilos. Like like one over one seventy, and I'm I'm here like um kind of like light to to have a wings a day before, you know. Yeah. And then I was talking to some guys on the six six five kilos, and they said, "Man, why why you don't change your division to to six five? You know, I mean, you can lose the weight, you know what I mean? And then go there, try to fight those guys. And then I said, "Man, I don't know. I never cut so much weight like that." And and then they said, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna do it." Probably is not too hard. And then it was one of the worst experience ever. <laughs> I went to the sauna one uh, day before the weigh-ins. I went to the sauna and pretty much needed to dehydrate like over five kilos, you know, oh, wow. with no experience, no cutting, um, uh, sodium or nothing. I just went there and was sitting, sweating, and um, I made the weight almost in the end. I was on the last ones to make the weight. Almost dying, people were like carrying me, but I made weight, and then I was ready to fight. I was already feeling bad of my troll. I didn't have the the troll infection anymore, and then I don't know if it was a destiny or what, but like my bracket was like, I need to pass 
over a lot of good guys and uh, and all of them pretty much were from Atos and the Atos team was kind of uh, controlling the division on the big ass tournament so they close out the Europeans they close out Pan Ams but not close out to the final they, they were closing out in the semi-final with wow. four guys yeah and then they were so from the semi-final to final were no fight at all and then I beat in the first round Ryan Hall. That's a tough match for the first Second, round. Exactly, yeah. Second match was uh, um, Ari Farias. Wow. Was the first one from Atos. My third match was Guilherme Mendes. Second one from Atos. So you beat, uh, before you even got to the semifinals, you beat Ari Farias. You beat Ryan Hall, Ari Farias, and Guy Mendes. Back to back to back. Exactly. Just to make it to the semifinals. How did the match with Guy go? Uh, Ugi was was pretty pretty even match. Uh, yeah. I won by I think one advantage if I'm not wrong, one or two I don't remember. Was really even. We were like exchanging sweeps and 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 uh, I think I took him down once. I, I'm not I'm not sure, but I ended up like winning by one or two advantage. Um, and uh, I was kind of like surprised a little bit because uh, I fought him like three or four months. Maybe five months before their match on the Brazilian national team, and they beat him by nine zero. Wow! Like I, I, I passed his guard, put me on belly, and took the back. So it's kind of pretty safe fight. So I thought it was going to be a little bit easy when I fought him in Abu Dhabi, but that was not the case. Like for sure, like when you lose, you you fix the things, and he came back uh, better. And it was a super tough match. One by advantage, and I also had like a Ari before, it was a tough match too. And uh, I won by four two in points, it was, it was not easy. And then I went to the same final with Eddie Ramos, another one from Atos, who made to the same final. He was, he was like, uh, having a good tournament back in the time, and and then they stopped the tournament in the same final, they put all the finals to. So two days later, okay. we followed a Thursday. The Friday were reserved just for open class and the final Saturday, which for me was way better because I could recover, I could gain weight. So when I went there to face Rafael, I was already like feeling healthy and strong and and the rest a lot. But it was good for me. But like at the same time, create a lot of stories behind that because uh, the two days behind the, the the semifinal to the final create a lot of talk in the hotel a lot of talk on the on the internet because uh it was the first time that the guys from water were not closing out anymore and uh, i wasn't responsible for that i beat all those guys so they started to complain about me and my guys started to defend me so it was kind of back and forth Exchange on the internet saying who's gonna win. Um, I think it was Guilherme who, who posts even like a um, a bet. If anyone went to bet the price of the the, the tournament that was eight thousand dollars, that half I was going to win. And of course, nobody put the money, even me because I didn't have that money before. <laughs> and and then the fights happened and and I won. 
Was a super before, tough match too. Before we get into the match, how did that make you feel knowing that uh, you know, there's they were putting money up against you? Did that did that increase yeah. the pressure? Did that make you excited? No, made me excited for sure. I mean, I, I was on fight. I was like, that's what I want. Every time that I need to fight under pressure, I fight better. Now, I feel I, I that like motivate me, you know. So like I, I was just talking to everyone who was around me then in Abu Dhabi. I think like. I know he's the champion. He's really good. But if he's that good, he needs to beat me Saturday. He needs to go down and, and beat me, you know. So, like, I, I feel that I can beat him. I am I did a really good job beating all the other guys before uh, on the team. I respect uh, his story. But, like, it's not going to be that easy, you know. So, I, I know I can beat him. I'm going to prove that. It's- and uh, when I got there, go ahead. It's a it's an interesting situation out there too for people who haven't been there because like you're saying that there was a couple of days build up. You're seeing these guys at breakfast. You're seeing them at lunch. Like everybody's in the same hotel, yeah. eating, eating at the buffet together, right? So it's like all these guys that you went against, you're seeing them the entire weekend, right? Exactly. It was it was a weird weird situation for sure. I mean, because uh, the hotel was like a, a huge hotel in Abu Dhabi, like a like really beautiful, but like we were passing to each other all the time, you know, and. You know, you could feel that uh, kind of like, oh my gosh, like should I wave him or not? Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of like that, but like a lot of people there were like uh, supporting me. Not even, not even people from my academy. I think the whole community in jiu-jitsu, you know, because uh, they start that. They start like the trash talk in the internet before the fight. And they think a lot of people took my side and said, man, like you don't need to to say that, you know. And uh, if you go watch the fight again in the internet, you're gonna you can listen to the the whole crown, and the crown there was everybody who was competing in the tournament who was not in the final. You know, everybody was like just screaming my name. That, it was really good for me because I could hear that and, and feel that the push, you know, and and it just made me feel better and 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 go there to do to the work. So uh, there's a bunch of hype behind the match. There's a there's some tension in the hotel room. It's finally now yeah. Saturday, and it's time to compete. Talk me through that match. You know, how did the match go down as you remember it? Uh, it was a tough match. Um, I was my strategy was trying to take him down as he pull guard, and uh, that's one thing that I learned when I fought him. That he's really long, so I was trying to do like a foot sweep when he was pulling guard. But like his arm is too long, he was grabbing my collar and sitting before my foot can touch him. And then, like I was in his game, and I was trying. Wow, well, it's a short match, six minutes. But I said I'm gonna try to to get closer to pass or pass and try to stay on top as much as I can. But I I I realized that he's that good, you know. Like he like feeling him as I man, he's different for sure. Rafael was unbelievable. He's he made the controls to put me like right away in, in, in out of balance in situation that I, I I couldn't believe that I was too early, you know. And then he swapping me like probably like under one minute or one minute I don't remember. And uh, I I adjust myself and put him on my my last guard and I was really confident I could sweep him back. Um. And exactly that happened, I swept him, and they were 2-2. He shooting to an e-bar over me, 
Um, and he got an advantage when I swapped him. So he was leading by one advantage. And then I was on top. Put tried sweeping him again, a few more uh sweeping or tried to pass, and then he was trying to sweep. Um that's how the fight kind of went most of the time. And towards the end, he ended up sweeping me one more time. And then I sweeped him one more time. And then when I was on top, I went to a new bar on him. And, and I got the advantage of the new bar too. The same way that he got from me, uh, the advantage. And and the fight was over. It was pretty much that. It was four five points and one one advantage. And I think he got one. One penalty, but back at the time, the 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 one penalty was not going to the score, so it was still zero penalty for him. And they went to the referee's decision, and there was three referees, and and I don't know what would they score the ref because back at the time the referees was just saying the the year of the they were the the central referee, and the central referee was giving the 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 decision. But I won the final, and um. One thing that made me really happy was uh was when you were back to the like talking, they were saying that uh, like uh the final was going to be like a big match, so I couldn't like run away from the match and act like that. I would need to face face half hour for six minutes without any any running. And uh and in my mind I said, Man, I I don't run, you know, like if when you go outside the people push me, you know what I mean? They don't know the rules. If you push in the pass, I need to go there, you know what I mean? I'm not forcing to stay in the center. I was happy that the fight was like placed in a big, huge match because I beat him where he was feeling comfortable. You know, we we didn't go outside once. So that made me feel good and and kind of uh, proud of myself. How does it feel looking? Uh, obviously, you were proud of it that when it happened then, but looking back on it, I mean. E won Worlds four times, Hoffa won Worlds six times. Those are two legends, and you beat them both in the same tournament. How do you feel about that tournament looking back on it? Yeah. I, I feel good, you know, proud for sure, you know, but uh, I think I feel way, uh, like, what makes me, like, feel more accomplishment is that I not just won, uh, beat them once on that tournament. I mean, I beat, uh, or bring Hoffa on the same day it's a huge accomplishment, but a lot of people could say, "Oh, well, he probably was a well-trained, but he he probably would not do that again." But I beat him. I beat Rafael before, uh, going through the, all those guys from Atos. Um, I beat Cobrin a few times too before. Uh, in fact, that I went to the final with Rafael on the same year in Abu, uh, that I fought him in Abu Dhabi 2011. I made the final of IBJJF with Rafael. Beating Cobrin in the semifinal, and I lost to Rafael in the in the year by one advantage. So like, made me feel good that I I, I belong to to be around them. You know what I mean, like I I training and I, and real well and not just once but like two three times I beat both of them. So Incredible. I think that's the most important thing. So you talked about he made great. me. Go ahead. Go sorry. You go. I said it made me be. Uh, I think that made me be part of that that the group of uh, um, legends, you know. So you, you talked about how incredible Hoffa was when you when you uh, this was your first match with him, right? Yeah. Yes. When you when you when you when you you know gripped up with him, you could tell he was the real deal. Uh, you fought Hoffa a few times throughout your career. How uh, 
how did it feel competing against Hoffa just generally compared to other people? And what would you do differently to prepare for those matches when you knew you were going to fight him? Uh, well, I didn't know if I was going to fight him because I fought him in the tournament. So until yeah. get to him, I need to pass to a lot of people. But uh, like I said, I, I knew he was going to do his sport. I knew he was going to make to the final. And uh, for me, I knew the need to pass Cobrinha before because I, mean, I was... Uh, went to the Cobrinha side of the bracket. And then I need to have a, ha a half after. Uh, <clears throat> for me, it was just like, a, I'm not thinking there. I was just pushing, using that to push myself in the train. I need to be in my best version. If not, I'm not going to be the Cobrinha. I'm not going to be the half, I know. I was not thinking too much about uh, how the fight is going to be. Uh, I let that happen when it was that time, when I was about to step in the mat. So, minutes before but my preparation was i was trying to be the champ and they knew it like i had the guys like for bringing Rafael to be to be the champ so every day that i was like waking up or doing my schedule training i couldn't be like uh, um the side or couldn't be like oh man i'm not like not trained today i feel tired or and i mean i said i i need to do it i need to push myself i need to to go there and, and and get better because those guys are trained. They they they're gonna be there and on the best and no way that I'm that I'm gonna beat them like sitting here. You know I need to do that and I did that for years. You know that's not like once tournament. Like it was years pushing me, like having mind that I'm gonna beat them. And when you fought like I beat uh, Cobrinha and then I lost Rafael or the other tournament I beat Rafael. And all the other guys, but like I knew it was getting closer and closer to to my to the perfection I mean, of my training, of my technique, of my mindset, and I think that's the most important. So let's talk about that uh, before that. We might as well uh, talk about Worlds 2013. Yep. Uh, Worlds 2013, you beat Hoffa again. Let's talk about this this tournament. Uh, so it was two. So this is two years later. Uh, you guys were one and one against each other heading into this. Uh, he had beat you. He had beat you in the world. What, what was it, the year before? Oh, same year. Yeah, same year, 2011. So you I beat, beat him, him in the old the pro 2011. And he beat him in the IBJJF Worlds in the final. Okay. The so final, then like one month after the first fight. Oh wow. Okay, so you guys got a little rivalry going there. You split. So then your third match is IBJJF Worlds yeah. 2013. Uh, it sounds yeah. like you you had a lot of. Uh, it was sort of a struggle for you making it to the tournament. So talk about that a little bit, the, the whole situation with your uh, cervical hernia, the lead up to the tournament, yeah. and then went, went your third match with Hoffa there. Yeah. So after the awards, I was really sad because, uh, like I said, one month before I just beat Rafael and I made it to the final of the awards. I was feeling really confident. And uh, I lost by one advantage. He was better than me on that day. and But I was really sad. And I put in my mind, I said, man, I'm going to train even harder now to, 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 to win the next time, you know. So I was pushing myself a lot in the training to, to, to get better and, and wait for the chance to, to win the awards again. But uh, in the end of the year, the end of 2011, I uh, ended up having a, a cervical uh, hernia on my C5 and C6. That explode and start to compression my my um, 
the cord there, I forgot the name of the spinal cord. And uh, and then I need to go to surgery, like a major su- surgery, 10 days after that. And the doctor was really, um, it had like a, a like really straight message for me. He just told me, man, like, to be honest, I don't think you're going to train anymore. And for sure, you're not competing. That's where his words for me. And I was devastated, you know. I was like, man, I can't believe it, you know. But I said, man, but at least I'm not uh, paralyzed, you know. Like, I, I, my life is going to keep moving on. And I did the whole physical therapy. And, and then, I don't know, I was feeling that I could train. And I started to message the doctor again. I visited him. I did all the exams. And then he was surprised my evolution. And, and he said, well, I think you can train again. Go there, do a light, light training. And right now we are in 2012, kind of like between the middle of the year around the woods. Of course, I couldn't compete, but I was happy to be able to train again, especially after the doctor came to me and he told me that uh, I was not training at all. Forever, no. Forever, wow. man. You had, how, yeah. Describe the feeling you had when uh, the doctor said, "Okay, actually, you can train." That must have been like one of the best days of your entire life. Man, that, that was amazing because I was going to the academy, kind of depressive, you know. I was going to the academy and sitting there watching people training. I mean, I was. I remember going back home, sitting, and then I was just man, like, what am I gonna do? You know, like, and that was exactly when I moved to the United States. I got here in the United States. Into, in the end of 2011, like one month after my surgery, I had everything set up to come and I came here and I was like devastated because I didn't know what to do. I, said, I was just going to the academy, watch people training and feeling really sad. But when the doctor told me that I could train, I was, man, I was the best feeling ever. Of course, it took it really light. I was with a lot of concerns about my, my neck. So anyone like a... Um, smash me and do anything like that so I was just playing on top with people that I that I was trusting to train and uh, and then I was just like recovering really fast and the doctor was impressive and then he, he decided to let me compete again and then I did my first tournament back it uh, was it was October September October of 2012 I fought uh, um, Felipe de la Monica, if I'm not wrong, in the, in the Vegas Open, Furon. And then competed one more time, the, the, I think it was New York Open, if I'm not wrong. And I lost to JT on the final with Gui. And then one month later was the World No Gui. And then won the World No Gui beating Leandro Lo and JT in the final. Let's talk about that real quick. So I, be, be, before we move on, let's talk about that that Nogi yeah. Worlds. That that's a that's a hell of, you just said you beat Leandro Law and JT Torres at that tournament. So describe that one. Well, for me, it was like I, I was super happy. Not just because I, I beat them, but because like last day one year after my surgery, I was already competing on the high level and beating two guys that were like considered the best uh, already in the division. You know. And and I said, man, I can't believe in less than one year after my surgery, being like seven or eight months without training, training for three, four months, I was already like winning the awards as as a black belt. So I was amazed with that uh, 
chance that I had and to to be able to have that strain in my mind to to go there in performance and not caring about uh, or putting any doubts myself to have that time off. So I was I was really amazed by by the chance to compete again and be happy competing. And then when I won, I was just like I knew that wasn't the right path to, to to my main goal. That was to win the awards on the next year in 2013. Because uh, I knew that I had my the time off, but I was already back on the schedule, you know. Thank you. Neo. Did that you, uh... end up. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I just want to ask, uh, did you make any major changes to your game? I mean, obviously in the gym you were training differently, but competition guys aren't going to be nice to you. Did you change the way you approached it to help protect your neck, or did that not really uh, change that much? Yeah, that changed a little bit, especially in the beginning. Like I said, in the beginning, I didn't want to be on bottle at all, and I think that's uh, why I adjust and perfecting my game on top. Because I was, I just want to be on top. The first months I was like training with people that I trust, people were going light to me, just moving around. But I was always on top. And then when it felt good, I didn't want to be on bottom. I said, man, I'm gonna be stay on top the whole time. Because I don't want anyone try to like do like a double one of those or anything like that, and making me like turtle or pass over my neck. And even like started standing, I always like to stand, but I was not shooting too much anymore just to avoid people to grab my neck and guillotines. So I changed a lot of things, but I think uh, forcing myself to be on top. And in my mind, the only thing that I, that I had there was the only way to, uh, to be on bottom if someone's sweeping. If they don't sweep, I'm going to stay on top forever, you know? I'm be here, going to pass across to me, you. Or the fight's gonna be end, end up here, you know, just because I was afraid to anything happen to my neck, and and the doctor told me that for sure that's not going to break again. But but you never know, you know. Like after you you pass through a situation like that and get that scary moment, like I was just I didn't want it. I didn't want to give it a chance. So you you come back from your surgery, uh, your what 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 would you call it? Cervical surgery. And then, uh, yeah, fusion, fusion. That's how they call it, fusion on the neck. Oh, all right. So, your next surgery, Nogi Worlds. Just a couple months after coming back, you beat Leangelo and JT. And it looks like before you even made it to Worlds the next year, you also beat Cobrinha at the World Pro, correct? In 2013. In 13, yes. So, in 13, that's what I did. Like, um, I knew I was on the right uh, path to, to, the, to win the Worlds, but. But I lost a lot of time in, with my injury, so I, I made a set a plan, a scheduled plan, to, of course, starting the the beginning of the year not my best, but like increasing my training, increasing my preparation to get in the on the awards a hundred percent. So that's what I did. I started my first tournament was the Europeans, and I got second. I lost in the final to Cobrian by two points. But uh, I was not mad. I knew it. Like I just started to to work in my preparation, and then I fought the Pan Ams. Like um, that was uh, January was Europeans. Pan Ams was um, March, I think. And then I lost to Cobrinha by advantage this time. And then I felt that I was improving since the Europeans. 
and they would just fall on my schedule. And then one month later, it was the old pro, and then I beat Cobrinha by 2-0. So I knew it was just getting better and better through the months, and it was already doing the right thing, and I knew it was going to get even better in the Worlds, IBJJF Worlds in, in June. And that's exactly what happened. When I got in the Worlds, I was feeling like in shape uh, physically, uh, technically, and the most important thing in my mind was super strong. When I got then the Worlds, I was like, I knew it, not that I'm going to win, but I knew it to beat me would be really hard for anyone because uh, everything that I passed before, that I passed through that year, that no one knew it, made me so so strong inside that uh, someone to beat me there in that tournament, they need to be like a, like way better than me or they had a way better preparation. And uh, I proved that uh, Using the 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 older tournaments, that my preparation was on point, that I was just getting better, and I knew to going there, I, I was going to go far for sure. So, who did you fight at Worlds 2013 then? Um, I fought the first two rounds. I still meet both guys, but I don't remember their names. Would nobody like really famous? And then the Sunday, I had uh, Eddie Hamos in the first fight. I beat him by points. Second fight, uh, same final was Cobrinha, and I beat him by points. And uh, final, and the final was uh, Rafael that I won by one advantage. What was the Cobrinha and semifinal? The most like? What was the Cobrinha semifinal? Like? Uh, That's pretty crazy semi and final to win right there. Yeah, like I said, I fought. I had fought Cobrinha like probably like five times before. It was speedy even. I won. I think I had one two, and he had one three. So that was my third victory over him. And then what I learned was like every time that I pulled guard first, I was able to sweep him and manage to be on top. So that was my strategy. You know, I said like I need to pull guard first, but his guard is amazing, and uh, and I need to pull him pull first, walk to sweep, and and see what's happening when I'm on top. Use that mindset of my, my, uh, when I had the surgery, you know, like I'd be here forever or he's gonna sweep me. And if you sweep me, I would sweep him back. That's all my plan. That's and but if not, I'm gonna stay here or I'm passing or the fight's gonna be over. And that's exactly what happened. I pulled first, swept him, and managed to be on top until the end. But it was, it was really hard to have him face him in the same final. Because uh, I knew it, uh, he was pushing me to do my best. I couldn't play safe at all, and uh, and they would disgust me a little bit to find fight half a later. You know, I could save uh, save anything. I need to give it all to Cabrinha, and I need to go there and give it all to half. But like I said, it was it was a good shape and and feeling prepared for that. So you beat Cabrinha, uh, which is pretty crazy. And now you know you're going to have the world final against Hoffa Mendez. You guys are one and one against each other. This will be your third fight. What was going through your head right then? That's funny because, uh, like, the second time before the match, I was confident. I wanted to do that. I was waiting almost two years for that. The first time that I went to the final to Rafael in 2011, I was worried about a lot of things because, uh, especially with my grips, my arms was like, uh, 
super stiff of my fights before. I had a Bruno Frazado in the quarterfinals and I have Cobrinho in the semifinals. When I made to the final of the half final in 2011, I was like, man, I'm going to fight him, but I'm not feel good. My arm is tired, you know, and I, I wish I was feeling better. It was a different uh, feeling that I had uh, than, than when I fought him in Abu Dhabi. In Abu Dhabi, I fought him a Saturday after two days rest. I was feeling like, great. I said, all right, let's do it. When I fought him in the final of the world 2011, I was not, like, my mind was tricking me. I was like, man, I'm finding the, the great champion, a guy who I just fought a month ago, who I know is going to be a tough fight, and my arm is just like stiff, you know what I mean? I, I spent too much energy with Frazado and Cobrinho. But in 2013, I had a tough match with Eddie Holmes and Cobrinho as well. But I didn't let any of those things get inside of me. Like I said, I, I strengthened myself during that time off that I had. That, I, like, I, like I told you, nothing outside would go inside on my mind back at that time. I was strong, not physically, but like on my mind. I knew it like I, I was ready. You know, I was waiting for them on that. I wanted that. And uh, I remember like back in the time, you're like about to step in on the mats. I was, I was there like, on the, on the <clears throat> I was waiting for them to call me to the final, and they looked at him. He was looking to me, and he looks like water, you know, like, and I knew it, like, that he was respecting me to be there too, and he knew it was going to be a tough fight. But I was really confident that it, I was going to win. So I was, I was not worried about nothing, about grips, about, uh, not even like I was not even listening to the crown, you know, it was just in my my zone, waiting, waiting to, to go there and, and, and get the title that I, I let go like uh, in 2011, you know? Sounds like you were in a better place mentally for this one. Uh, do you think that the recovery, the, do you think the recovery from the next surgery made you stronger mentally and put you in the right place to, to be there? To feel that way? Definitely. I, I think like if you didn't pass that, it probably, um, maybe not, not, not have that, uh, not confident, but I like have that uh, mindset. You know what I mean? I, I believe that everything happens for a reason, and that I had to pass for that. You know what I mean? I had to pass for that experience to, to, to almost not train anymore, to appreciate, to, to have the chance to come back and be on the mats, and have the chance to be in the final of the awards, you know? Of course, I did my part. I trained crazy to that, but but like mentally made me way stronger. So I appreciate now, understand what happened. I appreciate that happened to me, and and uh, I faced that uh, that surgery and and just brought the best for me from there. So how'd the match go? How'd the actual match go of your uh, your world's final with Hoffa? Yeah, the the match was exactly the that I sorry guys. I got a call, yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm watching you on who's number one. (laughs) So the match I'll start it over again. How'd the match go with Hoffa and Worlds in twenty thirteen? The match went exactly the way that I thought. Um when I lost to him in twenty eleven, I knew it exactly what I need to change it. And like I told you guys in the beginning, the first time that I fought him, I was trying to take him down using the foot sweep. 
But uh, in the in 2011, in the IBJJF, I tried to do the same thing. And again, he grabbed me and sat first. So the third time, I knew that I couldn't try to foot sweep him. He's too long. He was going to grab my collar first. So I knew it like the only way to take him down is shooting. So I need without grips, just shooting. And um, I knew that he was not a wrestler. He, he never wrestled before. So he probably would not have any wrestle defense and, and habits to, to, to defend the takedown. He probably just sitting. And that is exactly what happened. And that was part of my plan to be ahead of the points. Because Rafael never made a mistake, man. Like, if you watch him fight, you guys watch so many times, he always ahead of points. He never made mistakes on during the fight. So my game plan was, like, stay ahead of the points, frustrate him, because I knew he is not used to being on that spot. He is not used to be losing a match. And, uh, and try to control the match from there. And I knew it when he shooting him, I felt the... The, his pen that was grabbing his pants and he was sitting and my plan was on you know like i was on top and i said now i need to avoid his sweeps frustrate him and try to do what i was doing in my drilling sessions because i drew a lot to his entry the the beating bolo entry that he had and it was working for him really well um worked his whole career but like I, I, my defense was on point too and uh and that's exactly what happened. I was starting to see he's getting frustrating. Guilherme was on his corner just screaming, and, and he was really uh, tense. I couldn't feel his voice that he was tense, that Rafael was losing, and the time was passing by. He was just giving him more confidence, you know. Amazing. So then you go and you beat Rafa Mendes. Something that we I, I really want to get into, we have less than a half hour left, and I think this is going to... Uh... Take some time. I want to talk about ADCC 2019 because yeah. then at that point, you know, you're a veteran going into that bracket. A lot of people counted you out. Uh, yeah. This was what you had done ADCC how many, five times before this? That, uh, that was my fifth one, yeah. This was, this was your fifth time. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what are you thinking going into ADCC 2019? How did you feel about that tournament going into it? Yeah. The feeling that I had for DCC was a frustration, right? Just because I knew it, uh, every time that I performed there, I was not on my best. Um, that's no excuse, you know, like I step in, I decided to step in. That's something that I did over and over in my career. You know, when, when I gave my word, I went there and competing, I never gave an excuse to losing. And, uh, but I knew it every time that uh, I went to compete 2011, 13, and, and 11, 13, 15, and 17, uh, I was not on my best. Um, I knew till, um, uh, I knew till I was going to, you guys listen to me? Yeah, yeah, we can hear you, yeah. You, 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 said, I, I, you, you said that you were not always at your best. One time, I was watching recently, one time yeah. you did 77 kilos. Yeah, yeah. Why and, were you so uh, heavy that time? <laughs> But it, that was in 2011. I didn't want to cut weight. And uh, one week before the ADCC, I just removed the, the all wisdom teeth, all four, one week oh, before. <laughs> and then I went there. Of course, I was feeling crap. And um, I won my first match against Wagner Rocha. He was my first match. Yeah, ADCC. yeah. And my second match was Kalazan, and I lost Kalazan. Yeah, like I said, I was, I was, 
That bracket was, was crazy. Seeing... That that bracket had six ADCC champs in it. it had you, Cal yeah. Sands, who obviously uh, went to win the uh, open class. It had Kron. It had uh, Leo Vieira. It had Marcelo Leo. Garcia, and it had another person. I'm leaving. I'm I'm forgetting somebody, but there was a sixth ADCC champ in there. It was a pretty crazy bracket. Uh, yeah, I don't remember who's the other one, but I was was JT. JT was, was in there. JT, JT, yeah, JT. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all right, so that was 2019. Oh, I said that was. Yeah, and then for 2019, I said, "Man, like I'm getting old. I don't know if I'm gonna have a chance to fight in the in the 2021. I don't know what's gonna happen to my life. You know, if I'm gonna have injury or if my body's gonna support that." And I said, "Like I, I need to. That might be my last shot. I don't know." So I went to compete at ECCL one time with the, knowing that I don't have any anything going on. I want to do the preparation that I. I I need to do it to be the champ. So I started to do again everything that I was doing back in the time in 2013 when I beat Hoffa. That was kind of like I, I have a similar camp to ATC that I had to Hoffa in 2013. I was not uh, not um, skipping nothing, you know. Uh, pretty much did all strength conditioner. I hired a, a high-level nutritionist guy who helped me, like, Weeks before and in the tournament, it was important, super important to my success of the tournament. And uh, I was just, like I said, not skipping nothing, not having any excuse for 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 not the training or, or, or anything like that. I was teaching all the classes, but still pushing myself. And uh, I, I just want to have the feeling to go there competing without uh, knowing that something extra happened, you know. And and of course, uh, one thing that motivated me was uh, my son that was going to born. My wife was pregnant at that time, and uh, I used that as a motivation because uh, I didn't know if he's going to watch me competing later. You know, probably when he's like I don't know four, five, six years, I'll be forty something, and I said probably I'm not fighting on that level anymore, for sure. So. I said, I'm going to fight for him. I'm going to use that as a motivation to push me to the training. And when I go there, I'm going to dedicate in the fighting, the title, if I want for him. So I used that as a motivation training. Like um, I didn't have, I didn't train for, I don't know, eight, nine years. And I was feeling super prepared. When they, when they released the bracket, like a, was a Thursday, right? Was a Thursday. They 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 line up all the fighters, man. They Friday. released the bra- yeah, it's Friday. Friday night, yeah. That was it's it was, Friday night, yeah, yeah. True, yeah. We had the, the wins Friday uh, morning. Friday that was fun for us. Uh, How did you feel about that? Seeing it kind of unfold live, I, I I enjoyed it, but I'm just a spectator. <laughs> no, I, I was super excited. You know, uh, they told us that we were going to do that. So I was I was expecting, but I was not worried about Brecht at all. I knew it. Like all the other 15 guys. I respect all of them, but I knew it. Like anyone that was going to 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 be on my on my way, I was right to fight. Could be uh, me out the first fight, or could be uh, Kennedy or, or anyone. You know what I mean? Like, I knew it. I said, like, "Who comes? I'm ready. I did my part." And that's an amazing feeling, you know, to to go to a tournament knowing that uh, you did everything that you were capable to do, and step in the tournament, and you just depend to of you to now have your performance. I was feeling ready and I was not nervous, 
when they showed the bracket, I was like, that's good, you know. I'm I'm ready. And it was a tough bracket, too, you know. Yeah, it was a tough bracket. And you ended up with a pretty tough road. Uh, you tapped yeah. uh, Keith Krikorian first round with a Katagatami. Uh, yep. Uh, second round, you quarter quarterfinals, yeah. you had the, the, the reigning IBJJF world champion, Mateus Gabriel. Yep. Then you had yep. Paulo Miao just to make the final. So you beat two IBJJF world champs to make the final. How do you feel about your performance there? Yeah, like I said, I was confident that I could beat anyone there. All the other 15s, I, I was confident. Like I said, when they showed the bracket, I was not worried. I said, like, yeah, I like it, you know. Like, I like to 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 pass through those guys. Because if I was winning with some beating all the guys that uh, people don't talk about, they're going to not take away my credit, but like, yeah, that's because Jesus, because of that, you know. Like, I, I want to face the best. Like even before the ADCC, when you had the list of the athletes, and a lot of people tried to pull it out because of their reasons, I messaged Mo and I said, man, like, I'm sad that uh, those guys are leaving, you know, because I want to win with everybody there. And, uh, and Mo told me, man, don't worry about it because I'm going to get really good replacements, you know. So <laughs> you're going to have guys to, good guys to face. That was a it's crazy tournament, huh? We had so many pullouts. Yeah. Uh, that hey, that affected you. You're going to have to jump in there soon. I, if I, I brought my gear. I was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> but was that strange for you seeing everyone pull out? And did it, did it make you kind of nervous, or did it not affect you at all? Uh, not nervous, but like I said, I want to, to beat anyone. You know I, mean? I want to like I, I was training to beat Cobrinha. You know? He was the the reigning champ, so I want to face him. I lost to him in 2015 by ref decision. So I knew it was way better than I was in 2015. And he pulled it out, and he put Kennedy. And Kennedy, you know what I mean? He he did his part. He made it to the final. And he showed that uh, he deserved it, you know? And um, But, like, I, I was not mad or sad with anyone that pulled it out. Anyone has your, your reasons. Um, make, made me think that I'm the, the stupid one, that I always fought there. You know what I mean? When, when I had some uh, things going on in my life, injuries. But like I said, uh, when I give my, my name that I'm going to fight, I'm going to step in and don't give excuse. And this time I was healthy and, and, and enjoying the process. You know, I was I was feeling that, uh, okay, I want to do it. You know what I mean? Like I, I enjoy training for that tournament. So I was not caring too much about the other ones. I think I remember talking with you. You had some weight cut issues with this, this one, though, didn't you? Didn't you have a hard time making weight? No, I didn't have a hard time. Like, uh, cutting weight is always harder, for sure, for ADCC, making weight three days. But, like I said, I I, I did one thing that i never done before. I hired a, a nutritionist, Dr. Capo Gaglio. Um, he's amazing. Um, he... he was working with some of my teammates in MMA before, and there's uh, I saw those guys have a way um, better performance in, in the tournament, and then I decided to hire him to help me to that weight cut because making weight three days and, and fighting was not going to be easy, and I couldn't do that um, by, by myself, you know, just with things that I think was going to be right, but I know it's wrong, so. He helped me the whole six weeks. I I got there on it was Thursday or maybe Wednesday or Thursday. I got in California. 
So my weight was on point. I was not on weight, but I was, was on inside the schedule. So I cut a little beauty to him, made weight Friday, gained weight back, cut weight in Saturday. And I remember Saturday after the the weigh-ins, after the weigh-ins, no, sorry, after the fight, after I beat Matheus Gabriel, I said, I'm ready in the tournament. Let me check my weight to see how much I need to cut it out for the weigh-in Sunday morning. So I went there to the to the official scale. I checked my weight, and I was 10 pounds over. Oh, God. And I, <laughs> I, I, 10 pounds over after the fight. You had not eaten it, man, and you just fought? And that, that's it? And 10 pounds came out from just water? No, I, I was 10 pounds heavier. Yeah, yeah. So All I, right. I need to I need to cut ten pounds to Sunday after competing. I said, man, I looked to the doctor and I said, Doctor, you're gonna have a long night. For sure you're gonna work a lot. And and he was smiling to me and told me, Don't worry about it, you're gonna be fine. Just, let's go back to the hotel. I want you to sleep now and and rest. You need to rest. And I said, Okay, doc. I slept a little bit. And then he woke me up like probably like eight or nine of the uh, or the night. He gave me some crackers and and protein shake. And that was some. Are you crazy? I need to lose ten pounds. How am I gonna eat it right now? I'm gonna be like twelve pounds to lose. And he said, "Man, like trust me. Just just eat, and then you're gonna be fine." And I said, "Okay, I'm gonna trust you." We set the alarm to wake up like four in the morning. I wake up like four. To be honest, I didn't sleep really well because I was worried about my weight. I was thinking, man, I'm gonna be the first one to be in the semifinals, not making weight. Oh, oh my God. gosh! And then I wake, I wake, I woke up. I was just two pounds over. That's it. That's I lost weight, pounds of sleep. That's amazing. You didn't have to do anything really besides sleep it off. That's fantastic. Exactly. I looked to the doctor and said, man, what you did? I said, man, I told you. <laughs> just, just relax. The, the way it was coming off, you know, we did everything right, the whole camp. And, um, you know, we just need not to cut two pounds. So Sunday was my easiest way cut. What's your the doctor's hardest name? hardest one was Fred. What's your doctor's name again? Doc, Dr. Matteo Capodaglu. Okay. He's an Italian, but he lives, in, he lives in LA now. And the funny story, he was training at Cabrinhas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he's a blue belt. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> He's a blue belt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know if he's still training there or not. But, but, he, but he was training called Brinza back in the time. And one year I messaged him before ICC, like six weeks before, he told me that. And I told him, man, like, I don't want to, to bring any problems for you. You know, if, he, if you, you know what I mean, have any problem, I, I will not hire you. He said, no, man, like, that that's a business, you know. Like they, you know, what I mean, you hire me, you pay me, you know? so that's my job. And there's they, a risk they, for they you hire. too. He could tell Cabrinha exactly what you're doing. Yeah, he could sabotage <laughs> you. Exactly. Exactly. But like, I had a good recommendations from him. You know, what I mean, he was working with some uh, of uh, my teammates, MMA teammates, and uh, like I said, I trust him. You know, I trust, and and he proved me like during my camp that he was on my side. You're talking pretty much every day. I was messaging him, calling him, adjusting things on the diet. And and he was supposed to not be there on the ADCC. He had uh, he was going to be in Ireland for, for one of his fighters fighters that he was going to fight in Bellator. And then for some reason he 
uh, his fight got canceled. I don't know why, or, or his fighter got hurt. And he messaged me saying, well, I'm not going to Ireland anymore. I'm going to be in LA. If you want, I can go there to HCC. I said, of course, I want you to be there. And he, my man, like what he did in the behind the scenes, like between fights, he was like just feeding me with things like drinks and, and protein shakes and everything that I need to record to the next fight. So it was like super important, super important. So then you get to the final against the uh, one of your old rivals, Sons, Kennedy, Cobrinia's son. If you want to cue this up, actually, yeah. I forgot that we have this clip. We're gonna we're just gonna play like the last seven minutes of the match, and then we can watch it with you, and you yeah. can talk about it. Talk, talk. First off, how did it feel to be fighting Cobrinia's kid? That had to be a little weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit, you know what I mean, because I fought Cobrinia many times, and and Cobrinia was there, like giving the instructions to him, and I could hear everything. You know, everything that I hear is saying was perfect. You know, I said, man, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, shut up. <laughs> like, stop talking. Because, because everything was, was, was right, you know? And I was just trying to, to use more my experience, trying to make he, he tire, get tired. Uh, like, I knew he was going to, to come up, uh, like, strong. But, but he was, like, he was going to slow down towards the end. And then uh, the, the referee started to penalty me a little bit there, but, like, I felt that uh, he should have the both because we were like kind of doing the same thing. Um, we were, like when he was attacking, he was uh, attacking me, and like kind of the same thing that we were going over and over. But I, what I wanted to do was just like slowing him down, making him like uh, every attack that he was doing, I was just like shutting down, defending, and, and getting his frustrating. And and I was starting to feel his breathing during the match. You know, he was like. Breathe harder, and Cabrinha. I think he realized that too because he started to talking about to Kennedy talking about, uh, hey, you're not tired, you're not tired, you can you can do it, blah blah blah. So and I knew it. Like he was not uh, complaining about that before, but soon he feel like Kennedy started to to slow down a little bit. He started to tell him that, and and then and it was a little bit weird for him, but like. I think he deserved it. He made his way there. He had a beautiful tournament. And uh, I knew that he was tough. He just had won the awards before as a as a no-gi awards. So he surprised me going to the final. I thought he was not made into, making to the final, but... Your, your wrestling looked really good here. Do you think that is from your uh, MMA training years? 100%. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, the years that I was doing MMA helped me, like, Phenomenal to to show my wrestling and 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 be part of my strategy. You know, like I didn't want to be on bottom at all. I said, like I I don't think anyone's going to be able to take me down, and and I think I can take anyone down in the division for sure. Well, that was the story, like, right? Like you're you're an old school jujitsu guy, but you were the best wrestler in the division this year. Yeah, but Kenny surprised me. You know, he had a, a That's really very good close wrestling right there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he, he surprised me a little bit with the level of his wrestling, and I was expecting him to have a really good wrestling because Cobrinha, his wrestling is like outstanding. Also, you know? I knew he, absolutely his son should be not in the same level for sure, but like closing because he probably put him to train so much. So 
What do we got? Three minutes left. What are you thinking right here? It's zero zero. I'm sure you probably don't want to go to uh, overtime or a ref's decision. So what nope. are you thinking right right here? No, I was I was kind of saving that answer that I had on his leg. Uh, I was doing that a lot in the training, but like a week before the tournament, uh, um, I hurt my neck and on the doing exactly that entry. So I was I was a little bit concerned to do it that during the tournament. So I was pretty much just saving that to the right moment because I didn't want to shoot him a, a, a lot during the fight and give this chance to him to. To understand my entry and make adjustments and blocking that for the future, you know. And uh, I was conscious that uh, that's a long fight and my my condition was on point, so I was just making him get tired, like working with my grips and, and the the collar ties, everything like that, and just waiting to the openings towards to the end to do like just one one good shoot, shoot. And that's exactly what happened. You know? I was just waiting and. And moving around to him and waiting for the right time. Working good with those underhooks there, jacking him up with the underhook every time he goes for your leg. Yeah, that that's something that I do a lot in MMA. Like, I don't shoot it too much because of my neck, so I always have like the the underhook that like that grip there, and and the walk my takedowns from there. And then uh, getting close to uh, the winning. Yeah, it's here. right now. Like you're gonna see the change of my my grips, and then I was, I was gonna be right now. Beautiful duck under. Look at that. Yeah. Go back. Kyle, wasn't that such- Kyle, go back and show like ten ten seconds back. That was a beautiful duck under right here. Yeah, but that was the entry. That was the end that I was doing all, on the whole training, and and uh, I had successful a lot in my training going to the back from there. They knew that I couldn't do that uh, early in the fight because maybe it was not going to be points, or maybe he would uh, defend that later. And when I was there, I was thinking what I was going to do if I should go to the hooks or if I should try taking him down. And they decided to go to the hook, and it was the best choice for sure. Beautiful. Yeah, then you got one hook in. You were working a half Nelson there with uh, one hook in. So what are you thinking now? I mean, you just, you just got to hold on to the back, and you're an ADCC champ at this point, huh? Yeah. No, I knew it. I knew it. I mean, I won. For sure, I won. I knew the time. I knew it like I was ahead. I got the points. Um, uh, I want to be on top. I said, I'm not trying to let him um, scramble the feet again because uh, I, I was not going to underestimate his wrestling. I said, I'm going to be on, on top. And um, and uh, when so I put him down, it's going to be like in two seconds. And they're just on the half guard. Man, I, in my mind, I was going to mount. But I was worried about the weird agency rules that it, they give you points from escape from the mount, you know? So I decided, I, mean, I know I'm going to go to the mount, but if he breathes and I end up on bottom, he's going to get two points. Yeah, the reversal is no, Yeah. Exactly. So I said, instead of go to the mount, I'm going to go to the side control. And then I lost the chance to, to, to pass. And. And they end up giving my neck to him. He almost like adjusted his neck and just up over to the other side. And then nice. that part, and I knew it that like not going to happen. I was even talking to him at that moment there a little bit. <laughs> what were you saying? I just told him, man, like, sorry, that's my time now. Nothing that you're going to do is going to change. So I, I need to be the champion. So how did you feel right yeah. here? This, this, uh, you've been grappling, you've been through a lot. 
neck surgery and all MMA career, and now at this point in your career, you're an ADCC champion. What did that mean to you? And taking out the new generation as well. Yeah. Man, I, I was I was proud of my my work ethic the whole time, the whole camp, and and to finish my the 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 major tournament. I mean, the finish the, the one title that I didn't have. Um, I was really happy with my career. Everything that I done in my career, I was happy. But like I I was missing the ADCC, you know, and and I was I was frustrated to to never be able to perform to my best and and be able to such a uh, old age go there and and do that finding the young guys and and just showing that the hard work pays off like was was incredible and also I, I felt super proud of myself and 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 I, I got the job done and like I said in the beginning I did that for my son he could see what a uh how how hard I worked for him see one day go to full grab and watch my my fights and 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 he was the the reason that I pushed myself for several weeks and also I was super proud so what's next for Tankino? What are your what are your upcoming plans? Obviously, you know we don't know when things are going to kick back up, but what do you want to get exactly. done for the rest of the year? Once things get going, what are you thinking? I still want to do MMA, you know. Like I, that's what I said to myself. I want, I want to. I, I still feel the challenge, you know. I, I have the feeling that I still need to prove a lot in MMA, and um, but I'm open to do jujitsu super fights too, or, or even the ADCC again. Uh, I just want to have fights that make sense for me. I want to fight big names, people that are going to add in for my legacy. And uh, like who? And who are some big names that you would would be would make sense for you? Uh, I think uh, I think fights for me right now that made sense uh, would be like Rafael again, Cobrinha, uh, uh, JT. You know what I mean? Like. Maybe Marcelo Garcia too. You never know. Like he's a legend. I heard he want to come back. So I never know. Like people that I think would would make me work to bring my best to compete. You know, like not to disrespect anyone. Like I uh, like I think everyone, uh, especially that 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 generation super talent. Uh, but I think I I did everything that I need to do. I want everything that I want that I want, and uh, I'm proud. I don't need to prove nothing. You know, I just want to. To give to to the the public some match that are gonna be uh, hopeful like um, in their mind forever, you know. So I think it's super fights like that with the older legends would would adding a lot to my legacy if it could beat them. Uh, somebody who's always jumping in your comments on Instagram. We talked about it. Uh, AJ is always trolling you online. Is that is that a fight that you would be open to if if, if it was a possibility? Man, AJ is a joke, man. He's a joke. Like, tell me what this guy want. What he want? What he want? Tell me what I, tournament that he want. Oh, what what does he want? I uh, he took second. At, he won Nogi Worlds. He took second at ECC. But I mean, yeah, it doesn't compare to the year accomplishments. You're right. Like, no, no, not not comparing to me. Like, not just like the tournament. This guy, like he. I think he talks shit about me because he wants the chance to skip the line and find the champ. You know what I mean? But he 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 didn't prove himself. You know what I mean? He every time that he fought the big names, he lost. He lost to everyone. You know what I mean? He don't win nothing. Um, he's he had the chance to be on the HCC. He was not there. You know what I mean? Uh, he wants to go 
and fight me in like a super fight, but I don't think he deserved it. I don't think he he, he proved himself. I don't think he beat anyone uh, in the big names. He he didn't win any tournament. Uh, yeah, he didn't win the World Nogi once. Yeah, congratulations for you. <laughs> but but yeah, I forgot about the title. But like, yeah. So he's you, not man. high on your list, then. He's not high on your list of things to no, do. Definitely not. Definitely, he, he's a joke, man. In, in fact, he was talk shit about me, and uh, and uh, I beat him before. I think he forgot what I did to him in Russia. Like I, I beat him really bad. Uh, but like after the fight, he tried to be my friend. Say, man, yeah, blah blah blah. But when he started to talk shit about me, and I remember him what I did to him, he said, man, you beat me a match. You didn't beat me a fight. So if you're really like a man, let's face it in the cage. You want to do a fight, you do a real fight. But he, of course, he, he's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. But he's terrible too, you know, MMA. Even like his chance would be in jiu-jitsu. But like, let's see if he has the balls to go to, to the cage. Fair enough. All right. Didn't, didn't bite your tongue there. Uh, we only have a few minutes left. First things first, I want to get a question from you for a guy. It's interesting having you get a question for this guy because you listed him as one of your early heroes the other day. Do you have a, a question you would like to ask for, for Leo Vieira, who's our guest tomorrow? Man, like my question to him, uh, uh, Leo's amazing. Like I said, I watched him competing when it was like a yellow belt. And uh, I want to, to hear from him, like how was fighting that generation? How was to him to finding guys like Hoyle Gracie, Marcio Feitosa, Shaolin, Terere, like those guys that were like on that time, the people that are like like me starting the jiu-jitsu, like stopping everything that you were doing to watch them competing. And um, I think right now we were talking about too much about me to find Cobrin, Rafael, but back on the time, like guys like Leo Vieira, like and and of course all, all the other ones, like they made their our way to here. You know what I mean? So. I want to know. I want to know from him how was if he, if he feels pressure or, or how how he felt. If he felt pressure when he was fighting back then, okay. Good, good. Awesome question, question man, and thank you. Uh, oh, we may have. I think we may have gotten a call there. Maybe he'll pop back up. <laughs> but his timing to drop out is impeccable. If he did leave, <laughs> as that just about caps our show. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll get a last word here. I don't know if he'll pipe back in, but uh, guys. At home, thank you so much for watching episode 50. Michael, what, what, what are your takeaways there from our, our time with Thank You today? It was a great one. Some great stories about competing back to the, in the day. Uh, yeah, I think we lost him. I might as well call it now, huh? I think that might be the end of the show. So, <laughs> just in time. Thank you. If you're watching at home, thanks yeah. for, for calling in, man. We had a great time with you. A uh, legendary career and still more to come, which is fantastic to see. Stay tuned for uh, tomorrow's episode of Leo Vieira. And uh, a very exciting week ahead. We have Marcelo Garcia and Eddie Bravo on Wednesday. And then who's joining us the rest of this week, Michael? Uh, well, the King Ryan Show tomorrow. We got time to blast. Can't forget the King Ryan Show. Thursday for that is John Danaher. Uh, this show is Tuesday. What do you say? Leo Vieira, Marcelo, and Eddie. Thursday, Hanato Canuto. Friday, Fion Davies. Saturday on Saturday, Match Rewind, we're watching. Uh, the entire 2017 tournament from uh, the heavyweight division, Marigali and Leandro Law. So a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming up. Fantastic. All right, guys, uh, stay tuned for another episode of Who's Number One tomorrow, and have a good rest of your evening. We'll see you next time.